You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Coming back? Oh, we're coming back. Sorry. All right, this is Real Presence Live, and we're coming back to you just after the top of the hour. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Again, visiting this morning with Bishop Cousins and uh, on, on Life, Christina Lahr, talking about her book, Candle's Great Feast. You can, again, uh, find that book at the Fargo Diocese, fargodiocese.net forward slash revival, and there are resources there for, for both for adults and for youth. Um, we're continuing to add to that every week, so check that out. Um, also, if you're looking for something to do tonight at the University of Mary in the McDowell Activity Center, there's a basketball game between the priests of the Diocese of Bismarck and the priests of the Diocese of Fargo. Um, it's a fundraiser uh, for Catholic education, uh, winner takes all. So all the proceeds are going to go to the Diocese Catholic Education uh, Fund uh, to help with that. So go uh, there and uh, support your priests. Have a good uh, good evening. 7 p.m. at McDonald, McDowell Activity Center at the University of Mayor there in Bismarck tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, take a look at that and uh, have a good a fun evening watching the priests pummel each other in basketball. I have no idea who's going to play. I don't, I don't have a roster here of who's playing, but uh, I know that there are some pretty athletic priests on both sides of the river uh, here, and uh, so they'll probably go at it pretty strong. Uh, so it'll probably be a good night. Uh, in studio, we have with us this hour Mike and Shauna Hagstrom. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good morning. Very good. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming on with us. You know, we were talking... Uh, on July 24th, we have the World Day for Grandparents and Elderly. And uh, Deacon, or sorry, Tom and I, Tom O'Keefe and I are both in the diaconate uh, training with Mike Hagstrom for the last two years, which has been uh, awesome, Mike. So thank you so much for your, for your teaching and your training. Um, well, it's a privilege and delight to be with the deacons. We have some outstanding uh, aspirants, candidates, and it's just been a, a treasure, a, a treat for me uh, those Saturday mornings to spend some time in how to hand on the faith and what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, and we, so we've been walking through the catechism with Mike, and it's just been so powerful for me. Um, and I know for you, Tom, I mean, absolutely. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, but absolutely. <laughs> uh, of course, there's work involved. But, you know, when any time that you have to work on something, there's more, if it just comes naturally, you're just not going to value it. So we had to work with it. But, uh, Mike, you talked a lot about just family. And, and one of the things that came up, every time you talked about being a, a grandparent, you could just tell, just the light came on, and there was a beam, and he would tell different stories about what you're doing. And so I want to have you, have you and Shauna come on and talk about your grandchildren. So I guess, uh, you know, the first thing, I you know, just tell us uh, first, we'll go with you, Mike, first, and then Shauna, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, we, uh, we're coming up on our 38th wedding anniversary, the end of the summer here, and uh, time flies, tempest fugit, they say. Uh, it seems no one like, come back, you booths. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday, but um, it, it's truly been a blessing. I, uh, we first met in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, at a, believe it or not, her niece's baptism. I was preparing couples for baptism at Holy Rosary Parish in Detroit Lakes and would often attend the baptisms. And that's where I met Sean. I actually knew her family, a number of family members prior to meeting her. I think her mom had something she said to her, which she can say. And uh, so, but, but, uh, it's been a true blessing. Sean. Yeah, my mom came up and said, Sean, there's this, this young man I would like you to meet. And, and so we said something like hi, and, and that was it for them. But you know, we were looking back, but that was, that was really cool, thinking, you know, we met at my niece's baptism. And, um, 
And you know, when um, I was really dating and looking for somebody, I was really looking for someone who was a faithful man. And that was just such a gift when I found it in Mike. I remember some of our um, our fondest times were um, going, seeing each other at Mass in the morning. We'd meet at, at daily Mass every day, and that would just be a highlight to do that together. And that just meant so much. And then to be able to um, build our marriage on that, that, that's, that, was, that was so strong. I, we were um, living in an apartment in Fargo close to the um, cathedral, so that, that was our first church. And we would um, leave Mass and, and walk home and say, what would your homily be tonight? And we would share that. And that was that, that deep faith. That was something that was always important to both of us. And that was something we just longed for for our children. I think uh, that attendance at Mass is so important. I know it's been a really blessing for Audrey and I to, as we reverted to the faith, uh, that that daily Mass has, uh, has done the same thing, thing for us, that it's something that we look forward to every day. Uh, so, yeah, that really does help bring Christ to the, the center of your life. So now as grandparents, uh, how do you see that the, you pass that faith on uh, to the grandchildren? Um, it's been a, it's been such a gift. Um, my daughter is um, not not practicing in in the church right now, but um, I'm a teacher for three and four year olds at Holy Spirit, the little deacon program. And just one summer, I said, Therese, what if the boys came to little deacons for the summer?" And she said, "Yes, let's do that." And so um, they came here, and they they came to school with me every every single day and you could just see this light start really burning in them um and and just the the sound the just knowing about Jesus was just he was just growing and and they had so many questions and um so that that was such a gift having them in my school every day we uh you know in, in a many, many ways, uh, just try to exemplify the faith, and, and we just live out our life as normal, um, faith integrated and in guiding our day. And uh, from the start of the day, whether it's, um, and they certainly know meal prayer, if they're somewhere and uh, we don't do meal prayer or the people don't do meal prayer, they say it's prayer time, or, and uh, they take turns being prayer leader. They're getting very good at leading meal prayer. Uh, we we have icons as at the entryway to our home um, for our patron saints, and so we've got all seven there for Sean and I, our son Joseph, the two boys, James and Oliver, and our daughter, Teresa, and her husband, Kevin. So we've got the patron saints there, and every time we pass by, we appeal to them. Now, boy, St. Oliver Plunkett is hard to find. We have <laughs> One of the presentation sisters who came from Ireland I was able to find one for us, for St. Oliver. But, uh, you know, and just even nature, they, they love being out, and we live by the, by the Red River and going for nature walks and adventure walks, and you know, Dante says nature is the art of God, and just rejoicing in the beauty, the grandeur of nature, and hearing and seeing things be what they're meant to be. Uh, they saw the metal arc painted big on this building as we walked into the metal arc building, and uh, struck by that, um, just, and can hear those birds gloriously singing. Um, being who they're meant to be. Is it St. Catherine of Siena? You know, be who you're meant to be and you'll set the world on fire. And so just in that approach with the, the boys, we bring them to Mass. And Sean has a, a beautiful uh, teaching, I think, at Mass that she's really learned with three- and four-year-olds. Yeah, so um, I, I've been a teacher of this, I think, 
since 2014, the boys were just brand new babies. In that year, they helped me move into my new classroom. So I went from a, um, you know, secular um, child care to Holy Spirit, and I had, I had a lot to learn. There weren't workshops you could go to on um, how to teach religion to children, you know, how how to bring them to mass, um, how to how to have them pray around the um, tabernacle. And so that was a huge growing experience and um, a lot of prayer and a lot of questions and a lot of God moments. And um, I remember um, it was in October and we're going to take these three and four-year-olds, a whole group of three and four-year-olds to Mass and in front of the whole school. And I didn't have Cheerios (laughs) and I didn't have juice boxes and I didn't have books. So how was I going to do that? So um, we had buddies, and that helped. But, of course, the teachers got the squirmy ones, the ones that um, had the most difficult time sitting. And so I had these guys by, by me, and I'd be putting my arms around them like parents would do. And, and, and I started talking the math through to them. Well, look at The priest is putting his hands over the bread and wine. He's calling down the Holy Spirit. And, oh, look at, listen for the bell. That means, that means they're lifting up Jesus. And then it was really strange. During our prayer time, these children, the wiggly ones, would have the most amazing prayer. And I say, I don't understand it, but it seems like the ones who are kind of the more the rambunctious ones are the ones who really seem like they have a vocation. (laughs) Not realizing it was sitting by them in Mass and telling them what was happening without Cheerios and without books, without juice boxes. And, and that, was, that was really beautiful. And then we had Catechesis of the Good Shepherd come into our school, and what a gift, because they were actually handling models of, of the things on the altar. There's, they were learning about the liturgical colors. We were taking the processional cross and doing processions into the room, and so when we went to Mass, it was not only the children who were squirmy, but it was also the children who were just really compliant and were sitting, and then they were making the connections. Look, Mrs. Hagstrom. He's washing his hands in the lavabo. Look, Mrs. Hagstrom. Look at, look at right now. He's lifting up Jesus. One, one story that was just really touching that just happened this year was um, this little girl came over and she goes, Mrs. Hagstrom, I I see a picture of Jesus. And so, of course, I'm thinking about Jesus with his halo and his, you know, immaculate heart and, I mean, and sacred heart. And um, she she shows me the picture. And it's a picture of the chalice with the host over it. And that was really, really touching that, um, you know, she she made that connection, you know, that this, this is Jesus. This is real. So after going through this with my students at school, I'm kind of learning how important it was is to leave the, leave the Cheerios at home. Leave the books at home. I started doing that with my grandsons, too. I'd be whispering all through Mass, look at look what they're doing now. Oh, see this? And also just talking. And I just remember, do you remember that time we were walking home from Mass with your mom? 
Let's come back to that story because okay. we just take a quick break okay. here. But what a, what a great uh, witness there of, of showing your grandchildren Jesus in the Eucharist. And we're talking right now with Mike and Shauna Hagstrom. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And this is Real Presence Live in studio here. Steve Sponskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. We're having some great conversations about life. Uh, just uh, sharing stories about uh, sharing our life. And as Sean uh, Hagstrom was not mentioning on the other side of the, of the break here, just talking about Passing this faith onto our children. Evangelization is about taking Jesus, the message of Jesus Christ, into every human situation. And oftentimes, as Mother Teresa would tell us, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. It's that simple, right, Tom? We were just talking before this break. Uh, you know, it's just like, it's not that complex. No, not at all. Not at all. God just asked us to go out and, and humbly do what we know is right every day. Uh, love him and love our families. And... The Catechism, Mike, uh, Mike Hagstrom again, Mike Hagstrom and Sean Hagstrom in studio with here with us, actually with their grandchildren. Um, and we learned in uh, Diaconate that the Catechism has something to say about grandchildren. Mike, Mike, what does it say about that? This semester we were looking at the uh, third pillar of the Catechism on the moral life, life in Christ, and looking at the Fourth Commandment. Um, I remember that session, and uh, many of the deacon candidates noted how broad it was, that it's not just honoring your father and mother, literally. I mean, certainly it is literally, and 
and quite devoutly and seriously, and yet it's much broader as well. The extended family, it speaks of grandparents, it spoke of really society as a whole and the importance of family and the role of the family and the need for society to support the family. But 2219 paragraph and 2220 speak especially of uh, grandparents, and yes, it quotes uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, that, that grandchildren are the crown of the aged, of, uh, you know, just really, and that truly the way it is. I, the phrase I use in meeting people is, um, you know, being a grandpa is the best. <laughs> it, it really is. It is a crowning thing, a beautiful thing in our family. Uh, I have the example of my own grandfather who was very influential in my faith and in growing up. Um, four grandparents, three of whom were Lutheran. And they loved their Bible, and they loved their church, and they uh, were very kind and hospitable, and I learned so much from them. But the Catholicism comes from my Catholic grandfather, who was a trustee of a small-town parish, really a founder of that parish, and uh, very, very responsible in many ways for the life of the parish. And uh, in the summer, this time of year, he would be mowing, you know, volunteering, doing that. In in the winter, uh, it could be the uh, halftime of the Rose Bowl football game, and we would walk up the hill to the church, check the furnace, check the doors, make sure everything is okay. Uh, We'd kneel around the bed to pray the rosary. When it came time to choose my confirmation sponsor, there was no question for me. It would be my grandfather. And so he was a great example of a man who took the faith and lived the faith um, very seriously and was a great example for me. So I'm conscious of that with with our own grandchildren, too, of being that example of, of faith. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mike, for, for sharing that. And before the break, Shauna, you were talking about uh, taking the children to Mass without Cheerios, without books, um, and, and really explaining the Mass to them. And you, share, you were going to share a story about uh, asking the children about the Mass afterwards. Yeah, my, we were with Mike's mom, and we were walking home from her, her church. It was a couple blocks away, and, and we were just saying, well, what was your favorite part of Mass? And I know it was... Uh, um, Mike had mentioned that, you know, he had Psalm 23 was the Lord is my shepherd. And then um, we just, but, but, you know, the really best part was, um, you know, getting, having Jesus inside of us, being able to hold him and put him inside and have him so close. And Mike's mom shared the same thing. And, um, and you could just see them. They're really listening and wondering, you know, about this. And um, I just think so often we just take our faith and we don't, don't share how deep this is for us and how important this is and to have Jesus so close to us and um, and how important that is. I love the story, too, with your little deacon, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're gathered around the, or about to go to the church to uh, pray with your little deacons. I think you do daily mm-hmm. church visits and around the Blessed Sacrament, the tabernacle. And um, I think you entered the church and a little bit rambunctious, making some noise. And um, I think one of the other children um, said, you know, quiet, quiet, um, you need to be quiet. And the one boy confidently proclaimed, well, there's no one in here, looking around the church. And then one of the other children said, but Jesus is. Jesus so is that here. sense of the real presence for these mm-hmm. three- and four-year-olds um, building that you know, daily visit. Uh, the church is so incarnational and, and uh, you know, just being with and present mm-hmm. before the real presence. Children see things we don't see. You know, they know things we don't know. Um, can I tell the story of Christmas? Go for um, at, at Christmas, the boys were, you know, probably three, three years old, and we were in Las, we were in Las Vegas visiting them, and um, and we were going to go to Teresa was going to get ready, and we 
we're going to take him to mass and and it was you know it was christmas and we weren't there right away and as they're walking to the church they say there's not room there's not room and so but you can go next room next door to the social it was in a different building and um they're going to be starting in 15 minutes you can go there so we leave with the boys and um, we're walking up to the you know, social hall, which was set up like a church. You know, everything was set up. They had the altar and everything. We walk in the door, and James says, he just bursts into tears. He goes, we need to go where Jesus is. And so we left. We found a place in the church, and we went into the church where the tabernacle was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just like, that was uh, amazing that children can feel the presence of God. They can feel them in the tabernacle. Um, they have taught us so much, haven't they, Mike? Indeed. So now, within this this year of the Eucharistic revival, and, and you guys obviously, you know, had some miraculous experiences with your own grandchildren. You know, how do we pass on that that belief in in the Eucharist uh, to our children and and have them keep it? Well, I think the, the first thing is being that example and, and growing in our own love for the Eucharist and our own spiritual walk um, through prayer and the sacramental life and, and reading. And uh, that's the first step. It has to be just that, that our own love for the Lord in the Eucharist, in the Blessed Sacrament. And teaching that and exemplifying that and speaking about that and sharing that and inviting people you know, come along, let's go pay a visit or come to Mass with us. Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, I was, we were, I was in a meeting with a, a number of the priests uh, last week and we were talking about that, how really the beginning point of, of Eucharist, uh, of belief in the Eucharist, and we were just talking with Bishop Cousins about that, right? We go back to the beginning, John six fifty three, where Jesus says, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And they said, at this point, the majority of his disciples left him. So we go back to the, the Pew Research and say, oh, we have a problem. We've got a brand new problem that the majority of Catholics don't believe in the Eucharist. Guess what? This is nothing new. This has been around for a long time. It's a difficult teaching. And I think that uh, we always jump to the end of that story. Six, John 6, 6, 6 is where they all they left him. And Jesus turns to the apostles and says, will you leave me too? And, and every time we talk about this, I've talked with different bishops and priests. You know, Peter's response is very important. Where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. So it has to start with that personal witness, right? If you don't know Jesus in the Eucharist, you won't believe his words. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can't believe his words. So we have to, at a certain point, trust that Jesus as a person, he's trustworthy. He's either, he's either liar, Lord, or lunatic, <laughs> as, as, as Archbishop Fulton Sheen would say. <clears throat> and I think C.S. Lewis, he's quoting C.S. Lewis. But I think it's the important thing of that witness. We talked back then. I think what, was, what came out to me in that conversation is a number of the priests said, you know what? Our parishioners need to see us. They need to see our love for the Eucharist in our actions at the Mass and outside the Mass. And I, and I had to say to them, brothers, <laughs> as a father, exactly. Mm-hmm. We're all, you know, all of our priests are fathers. We're fathers. Um, we're you know, mothers. Uh, and then grandparents. I'm not a grandparent, but you all are grandparents. We're they, they will learn from our witness. I think that's what you're saying, Mike. Here I think of St. Francis de Sales and his introduction to the devout life. And I pray this before every Mass, you know, before the Blessed Sacrament. And he, he writes this, um, the Blessed Eucharist, God with us. Remember, Emmanuel, God with us. The Blessed Eucharist, God with us, is to all spiritual life what the sun is to the earth. You know, it's, 
central. It uh, gives us everything. And so uh, that reminder, live, and living that reminder, being that example indeed. Absolutely. Other things that come to mind, Sean? Or how do we pass this faith along to our children? And, and recognizing, right? Uh, there are so many people, listeners, and I have family members who are away from the church and thinking, what did I do wrong? And I think uh, Dr. Ray Grandy gives a great point. He said, I know this guy. He was God. And he had 12 followers. And he couldn't get all of them to understand. So if you can't get them to, to <laughs> understand, who do you think you are? But, but what are some tips that you, know, that you, you found powerful? Um, you know, it was, I, was, I was talking to James last night about it, and and he had just said, well, my mom doesn't pray, and my dad doesn't pray. But I just don't really get my mom, because she lived with you all those years. And she was a teenager with you. You know, and so I think, I think a lot of it, it was, leave the Cheerios at home. Leave the cereal at home. Leave mm-hmm. the juice boxes at home. Because if you leave them at home, then their attention is towards the altar. And um, I, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, mistakes I made. I packed the Cheerios. I didn't want them to disturb anybody. But I wish I, I wish I would have. You know, I wish we had done with my children what we did with our grandchildren. And um, let them really see God and feel God. And, and even though um, they can't explain it, they know there's something different going on there. They know there's somebody else there. That's beautiful. Just a few Days ago, maybe even last week, I was serving Mass, and then one of the readings of the day was God lamenting over Israel. Oh, Israel, oh, Israel, why? Where, where have you gone? And, and, and e- even God, as the, as the ultimate father, is lamenting over his children who, who have gone astray and astray again. So it's just not something new. And, and as, as we as fathers and, and, and mothers lament over our children that have gone astray, and we just have to continue to be that. You know, you talked about your grandfather, that firm foundation, that stable place, that rock to come back to. Yeah. Well, and it's what's interesting in all the radio interviews, you know, 15 years I've done radio interviews, and every time it comes back to people come back to the church or they come into the church because of reconciliation and because of the Eucharist. There's something different here. We've never experienced this anywhere else. Um, and so that's why I'm so excited about the Eucharistic revival. Just this opportunity to focus again on the source and summit of our faith, Jesus, Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, and so uh, any last uh, thoughts, Mike? I just think that, too, it's, it's the uh, dimension of prayer and trust in God. And uh, like St. Paul, we're planting seeds and we water as parents and grandparents and we do the best we can. And then we just trust and pray as well. And, Sean? And, and prayer is not the last resort. You know, like so often you'll say, all I can do is pray. But no, it's not the last resort. It's the first resort. You Amen. know, and every single night, every single day as we leave the house, they are in our prayers. And God is so big, and he can do so much more than we can do. Absolutely. And every human person has free will at the end, and you can't take that away. Um, otherwise, there's no love. So uh, the, the God is so, our, our God is so patient with us, and so he walks with us. And thank you so much for giving of your time and sharing with us. Thank you for the opportunity, Steve and Tom. And I would just say, uh, go Fargo in the game tonight. There you go. All right. That's the game at the University of Mary in Fargo. Uh, the, the Fargo Priest against the Bismarck Priest. Check that out at 7 o'clock at the University of Mary. This is Real Presence Live. We're going to step away for Rick. On the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about a family ministry uh, that one of our deacons is working in. Don't go anywhere. This is Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live. 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 